But yeah. You know, like I was saying. Okay. Yeah, we're set. We're currently we're currently live. At least we should be. Uh so yeah, you know, that's that's the dilemma I'm currently in. But yeah, let me run the intro really quick and we shall begin. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. What is up, guys? Thank you so much for joining me again on another episode of the Astral Mind Podcast. As always, special guest, I've got Jones Jones here. He's another uh, TikTok personality. He's a TikTok, I want to say influencer, but... I don't know, that's always been a weird word for me. But he's uh, an inspirational person. I found him going through TikTok, and it's just like his message was like a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, yeah, here it is. This is good. Uh, I have to talk to this person. And uh, lo and behold, he's here on the podcast. Uh, he's an excellent person, wise, understanding about spiritual topics and enlightenment and what exactly that means. So that's what we're going to be getting into today. Uh, if you guys are new, if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, please consider subscribing, liking this video, uh, you know, uh, possibly becoming a patron if you want to support more work like this. I make videos like this all the time. A couple times a week I do a podcast, I do a, a live video uh, just to help you guys out. This whole channel is about astral projection. It's about uh, mysticism, esoteric topics, occult knowledge, magic, whatever. We're just trying to figure out what source is and how to get closer to it through various means and methods. That's what we do. Uh, so here's love. Here's life. Here's peace. Take that. Have your best day. I hope you are. If you're not, choose to. You can do that. And uh, let me introduce the guest today. If you want to just go ahead and say hi, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started on this spiritual journey that you're currently on. For sure. Um, I started a little bit back. I'd say like really early 2019. And that's when I realized that I had depression and I had had it for many years, but didn't even realize what was going on and had no clue to even question what was going on. And I would consider that like a, a dark night of the soul sort of moment. And I went through that and I found meditation and it was really interesting because I saw like one video of it several years, even before that. And it just, I just started doing it. I don't know why I had no reason to, I just started to do it and it felt like a continuation of a past life looking back now, but I started meditating and I really was a negative person at that time. I was really just beating myself up, but in one meditation, I sat down and the thought just popped into my head and it was, I love you. And it wasn't for anyone else. It was for me. And that was mm. the first time that I finally realized that I could get out of the hole that I was in. And that kind of just snowballed into a bunch of other things and seeking enlightenment and stuff like that so i see that's an interesting place i was uh i was sort of also in that place uh, a few years ago uh i believe it was when i was uh 25 uh, i was just in this place where you know like you would say i was i was depressed i was like contemplating what the culmination of my, of my life was going to be and uh you know i was just sitting there one day and I had known about meditation, but I had this frequent falling off and forgetting process, you know. Uh, okay. But then it just came to me, uh, just sitting there. I, I was drinking heavily at that time. I was, like, taking various drugs. And I was thinking to myself, 
I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want this to be a thing anymore. Like, uh, I want things to be different. And so then I progressively started making that move back to meditative practice. Um, but it's very interesting. You say, it's like, I love you. That experience of unconditional love is something I found very crucial to the whole spiritual process in general. A hundred percent. I mean, once you go deep enough, you realize that love truly is the present moment. It just is what is now because love is the type of energy that creates everything that we are in. And when you, when you finally realize that it's so, it's kind of like a huge joke. Cause you're like, wait a minute, I was doing this the whole time. Yeah. I could have been doing this. Honestly, I feel like that's a, a big thing in our society is like, everything is external. And I say this a lot, but it's like, it, it, it like, it hits home for me. Like everything is external. Everything is in the distance. Everything is a mission to reach another objective. Happiness is never here. Right. And and that's something that always like beat me up. And like, I believe that so strongly. It was like ingrained in my mind that I couldn't be happy, content, or satisfied with myself until I had attained something. I had become someone or something like that. Uh, what would you say are your best or the go-to methods that you learned to facilitate that meditative space? Well, <laughs> I guess this might be kind of advanced, but it's also the most simple way to do it. Because a lot of times when beginner meditators, they're starting out, they want to focus on their breath and whatnot. But I really just believe all you have to do is to just exist. Because if you are able to be within the present moment for long enough, you're going to realize how beautiful it actually is. And if you're able to do that, then it doesn't matter if you know how to, how to concentrate for a very long time because you just are and you're fully enveloped in the blanket of the universe, you know? I sincerely think that's the new wave <laughs> of um, meditative practice. I, it, it lines up exactly or quite closely to uh, what I've been learning of Eckhart Tolle. Like, I've heard about him for a long time, but I haven't actually started diving into his work. I've just kind of been, like, getting seeds of it here and there. Like, oh, it's a, it's a cool thing. But I recently started, like, diving into his work and some of his books. And his idea is just, like, be in the present moment. Um, and a myriad of things happen. Just, like, you know, people call it mindfulness, uh, present awareness, being here now, th different things like that. I've noticed that I find the best results when I meditate, even if I have a goal of meditation, like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to experience this, which I don't think is a bad thing. But when I get to those places, the best way to facilitate them is simply by, like you said, just being present, uh, being aware of the present moment, because as people would say, it's all that actually is. Like, the present moment is all things. Um uh, I've actually heard a, an interesting topic or an interesting way of describing it from uh, someone who was channeling uh, uh, another being. They said that uh, reaching the Akasic rec uh, records was a matter of uh, being in the present moment. Because if everything exists in this present moment and this is all there is, that means that all information, all experiences, everything is in this one moment. And it's like that's the Akashic record. You can access that information in the present moment. Uh, but what have you found to be some difficulties 
in your spiritual walk? Because I, I've run into a lot of different things. Like, you know, like I said earlier, that like amnesia you get, like spiritual amnesia, I call it. Or you're just like, you forget who you are for a while. Right. Well, I mean, I think the main thing that blocks any of your growth is the feeling that you think you're not growing. Like the idea that you've gone to some place and then you lost it. And I think that's just an illusion because you can never truly lose any progress. You're just going to a different space that you need to go to in order to continue. And really it's not even progress. You're just, because there's no end destination. It continues going for forever. You're just walking on the road of the spiritual path. And I mean, once you get to a certain place, problems don't really, they're not as big of a deal as they used to be. And you can have fun within the problems themselves and you don't feel them as problems. They're rather like projects or something. But I mean, in terms of a lot of the the difficult things, your mind can really tear you apart. In delusion, you have to be so aware that you can fall into delusion very easily and think like, especially with TikTok, if I'm being honest, because there's so many people talking about how if you're black, you're an alien. If you're white, you're an alien. Oh, wow. All these different I've never, things. I've never heard of this. <laughs> I've never heard this. Just, <laughs> there's just so many people saying all these, all these things. And you really have to be very aware of what you're putting into your mind, your mental diet, because spirituality is so vast. You can go, you can go anywhere, really. Mm. And you can go into places that you really shouldn't be going in this lifetime. And so you just have to be very aware. That is the main thing. And meditation helps with that so much. Meditation is the bread and butter, because if you're not aware, then you're just kind of, you're skating around, not really doing anything. Mm. You don't know what's going on. But the awareness is really the thing that ends up solving a lot of the problems. It's not even the action taken to solve the problem. It's just the awareness of it and cultivating that awareness more to such that of a level that doesn't even matter anymore. Hmm. I kind of ran into that, uh, that realization, or as I feel a lot of people do when they start to practice mindfulness. Uh, it's like this idea of seeing the storm from a distance like the storm of your life, when you actually get grounded in the moment, like what's happening here, you begin to see like, oh, wait, like the storm is not that big. You know, if you're able to pull yourself back from it and, and kind of look right. at it from a distance. And uh, I, I even started to see, you know, how you'll look at a storm, you know, that you're not currently in, like you're driving and you'll see a storm in the distance and it looks like just like a mist coming down because you see the rain from a distance. And to me, it looked like brush strokes, like on a painting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. You know, that's, that's interesting. Um, when you pull back from the storm of life, then you're able to see the beauty in the brush strokes. Like you're, you're able to see like, oh, wait, all of this that's happening is leading to my further, my, my development as a person in this way or that way. Um, and it's not the whole world. Like I, you know, I have a problem with, meditating and getting to this place where uh, the world is happening. And I'm just like, man, this is cataclysmic. Everything is falling apart. Like my whole life is going up in, in smoke. And uh, like you said, meditation is the bread and butter. It gets you to this place where you just kind of stop for a second and realize, wait, everything is fine. 
Like, right. I will get through this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, I think really what meditation helps you to do is once you realize you can let go of all your problems for one second, you're like, wait a minute, can I let go of it for one minute? <laughs> and then you keep going and eventually you're like, oh, I could just go in and out of this whenever I want to. Yeah, it's like it's not, in a sense, the problems aren't real on a grander scale. I mean, I never want to say anybody's issues are like fake because when you're going through them and the emotions are tied to them and like the threat of death is there, you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to, you know, overcome this? Like, uh, who am I going to be? I feel like a lot of our fear, this specifically, I feel like is one of the reasons I'm actually here doing this on YouTube is to help people overcome fear of various things. But I feel like the the root of fear that keeps us from the present moment, it kind of clouds our vision, is that fear of death, that fear of estrangement from society. Like, it's all rooted in identity. Uh, And I feel like the present moment is the escape from ego, the escape from identity. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're here, you just are. You know, I don't have to be Cal. You know, I'm just here. You know, uh, what are your experiences? I, I always like to ask people, have you ever had any experiences with psychedelics? <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. So many. Honestly. So many. Oh, oh, boy, I'm in for a treat. I, I just, I love this consciousness expanding sort of exploration that people go on, psychonauts. Just tell tell me about your experience. Let's. I'm just gonna buckle up. Let's let's go on the whole ride, man. Let's see where we go. All right. I mean, I tried LSD for the first time, and that was kind of like when it finally snapped. That was what allowed me to snap out of the depression enough to be aware enough to guide myself to meditation. Like a lot of people like to say that the psychedelic was the thing that opened them up, but. I think it's really just like a a nudge, like it opens the door, but you still have to walk through the door. Mm. Like you still have to do all the work to walk through the door. But that first experience was like the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And really what it told me was like, it showed me a future self because right now I am always as happy as I was the first time I did that. And I basically created myself in the future with a lot of the trips that I was having. And when I went through those, I knew that I was doing that. And it was strange because I didn't know you could do that. Mm. So it's like a returning and you let go of that conscious mind enough that you can fully be enveloped in what you actually know, like the remembering, but without consciously remembering it. Because when you're on psychedelics, you can do so many things that you don't even know that you're doing. You're just having a fun time. Mm-hmm. But really, you're like taking off a bunch of different, uh, you're healing a lot of things. You're letting go of so many things. And maybe you're just sitting down looking at a sunset. But that sunset is just letting go of a ton of trauma that you're not even aware of. Indeed. Indeed. Hmm. That makes me think more specifically about okay let me let me back up whenever i get involved with uh psychedelics or the pursuit of them because i was i was a hype for it a long time ago uh a couple years ago a couple years and and i it started with dmt it started with um terrence mckenna (laughs) 
and it was like that is a way to start (laughs) (laughs) but i had this like like herculean task before me (laughs) because you know terrence mckenna always is like you know take the heroic dose (laughs) you know (laughs) i love him by the way um He's like, you know, it's like five dried grams in quiet, you know, silent darkness. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's a lot. You know, uh, when I did shrooms the first time, it was like maybe a half a gram to a gram at the most of dried. And it wasn't in silent darkness. I had friends. So I was like, I have to people have to be here with me for this this first time. And even that was like. It was like reality shaking and mentally, I'm not someone who does well with being taken by the trip because that that's one thing with psychedelics that i've learned is that they kind of take you and they're like all right it's time to go let's it's like hold on i gotta pack my bags i gotta get everything ready <laughs> and they're like no no it's it's time to go and you just go down the rabbit hole uh have you experienced that like that bad trip i would say i mean you probably don't consider them bad trips but honestly well <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly that. Like, I don't consider them bad trips looking back, but I have had trips specifically on mushrooms where I thought I was dying. Like, I literally was down. I was <laughs> I was in the closet in the silent darkness thing. Uh-huh. When, I, when I finally came out of it, I realized I was, like, moving around in the closet and things were knocked over and stuff. <laughs> so I didn't know that was going on. I was just that out of it. And I was looking up and I like saw the doctor and the doctor was like, he's dead. There's nothing we can do. <laughs> and it was stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I'm dying. It's and like, I finally wow. was just like, okay, I guess I, I guess I just got to die. That's fine. Yeah. And really just experiences like that, like show you that there's really nothing to fear with death mm. and there's really nothing to fear at all. Like I've had experiences where I'm just bawling the most I've ever cried in my entire life. Just like everyone I know is going to die. And then after that experience, it was just like, wow, everyone I know is going to die. And that's fine. <laughs> and it, it, you just like completely right. flip the, your perspective on it because it allows you to accept reality with open arms. Mm. The accepting of reality, I feel like, is the, is the key. The accepting of reality. Like I, I've had a number of really out there experiences. And I, I consider myself a, an extreme lightweight when it comes to psychedelic substances Mm. or really any foreign substance (laughs) whatsoever. My body is like, "Mm -mm, none of that. Like uh, even weed, I I had to look it up. Like, like the effects of marijuana, like on the brain is like, why am I having these shroom like trips? Just smoking weed. Uh, One is because my, like my tolerance is incredibly low. And also uh, some studies have shown that weed actually does have, uh, you know, psycho uh, psychedelic properties to it. Um, it's a part of that tryptamine family that, you know, the, the catalyst for those sort of experiences. Uh, and a lot of times the reason why I would perceive things to be bad experiences is because I'm afraid of dying in those experiences Mm -hmm. every time. Like now that you pointed it out, I look at it every time and I've had some pretty nutty trips, like where I'm just literally moving through dimensions. It's, it's absolutely insane. Well, I, I'll share it because I like <laughs> I like sharing these stories. Uh, so, a, a buddy of mine was a, a dealer of these uh, these substances, uh, and you know he came back for Thanksgiving. It was that typical, you know, like your buddy's here for for Thanksgiving. You're like, oh yes, he saved the, <laughs> he saved the experience, and 
you know, he's here, he's, you know, he rolls one up and he's like, yeah, let's just go on the porch and let's smoke or whatever. And I'm like, you know, that's fine. Even though I know my disposition and that I shouldn't have more than like a baby puff and then cool it for the rest of the year. <laughs> I decide, you know, you know, whatever. And for whatever reason, he smokes this stuff that's just, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's just insane. I probably sound old. It's like, I don't know what the kids are smoking these days, <laughs> but like, like he was, he was into some stuff, but you know, we smoke that. We're just chatting on the porch. Um, and the moment we finish, it was just a little joint. The moment we finish and I turn to go back inside, the world is already breathing and expanding and, and moving. And I'm like, oh, no, it's already happened. <laughs> I thought I had some time to, like, prepare myself. And, you know, then the trip takes off. And I'm like, hey, buddy, uh, if I get into some trouble here, like my heart stops. I stopped breathing or something. Can you help me? And like, he's, he's fine. He's like, Oh yeah, you're fine, dude. Don't worry about it. And we're going on this, this drive. I think we had to pick up a friend from, uh, like a bar somewhere like a 30 minutes away. So we're on the expressway. And then I noticed like, am I breathing? Like, I can't feel myself breathing anymore. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm not breathing. I need help. (laughs) And then the next thing, you know, I see the road in front of me start to like wind like a staircase. Mm. It's like, it's starting to, starting to wind in front of me and i was just like oh my god what the hell's happening here and next thing you know i get like hit from the side and I, i'm in a different dimension like i'm seeing stars and like electricity it's just it was just weird and it would have been great i was i liked it i enjoyed that i was just afraid i was dying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole time uh so what would you say is the best way of overcoming that i would say the only way I've found to overcome that fear is to accept that you are dying. Mm -hmm. And then like the acceptance is basically it happens when you fully, you have to delve deeper into the idea that you're dying in order to realize that you aren't basically. So instead of running away from the cave, you go deeper into it and then you realize there is an end on the other side. But you can't see the end on the other side when you first go into it because it has curves and it goes up and it goes down and it goes all crazy ways. But if you just keep walking, eventually you will realize, oh, I'm not actually dying and this is pretty lit. Yeah, it's like this is an interesting experience, but you have to get to that. That's the hard part. I I don't like roller coasters either. You'd think like, why why on earth are you doing psychedelics? (laughs) You don't like anything. Uh, but it's like, it's, it's real though. I, I just, I'm not a fan of losing control for some reason. I know, I know I'm not going to die on the roller coaster. I just, it's just like that loss of control. It's like, I can't stop this whenever I want, you know, right. I've compared it to being able to fly. If I could just fly, I wouldn't be afraid of it because I control it. It's to me, it's the sense of that loss of control that accompanies mm. psychedelics where it's just like, all right, it's over with, you, you know. As uh, Hunter S. Thompson would say, you know, buy the ticket, take the ride. Uh, another guy I was very deeply into. Um, but it, it's just that sense of like, you have to accept the dying process. It's a difficult thing to accept. But. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it can be if you. There is a level of letting go before you take it that you have to understand that this is just going to go the way that it goes and i can't even really i can have like little things that i want to remember to do mm-hmm. but on a trip i never like i set up the place that i'm going to do it a little bit of notes maybe some things i can help my subconscious and whatnot 
But aside from that, I just let it do it. And I consciously make sure that I'm not trying to do anything to force it in any direction. Because that's really the main thing that takes, that adds the fear is the trying to force it in a certain direction. But if you let go of the idea that you could ever have control in any situation, then it makes it more, more, you're able to accept it more easily. Because really, we never have control. We are just watching these bodies do things. We are not truly the body at all. Like I'm talking to you, and I'm not the one talking. I'm just watching this body say words. I see. Interesting way to look at it. And it, it, it makes sense. I see that. Because then it it's more of a detachment or right. a dissociation from what could be perceived as fear. I've heard people talk about before, and I, I actually have this belief about it as well, that energy is just energy, neither good nor bad. You know, fear is just energy that we're giving a negative connotation. And uh, I, I believe it was someone on TikTok I even heard say this. They were like, uh, the reason why fear becomes so intense is because we're forcing it away as opposed to letting it pass naturally. Uh, we've, we've put this negative connotation on it now. When it happens, we're like, oh, no, as opposed to just taking that energy and, you know, redirecting it or turning it into something else. Uh, so you've talked about just accepting. Acceptance seems to be a big part of your understanding of meditation and your spiritual journey, just acceptance. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I found that whenever I try to resist an emotion or resist an event from happening, all it does is bring it to you in a worse way. Like, I'm not really the type of person who gets angry very often, but sometimes things are frustrating. And the only way I have been able to consistently let go of the anger is by becoming anger itself, is becoming whatever the emotion is, diving deeper into it and not letting, not trying to push it away, but going to it. And then suddenly the emotion starts running away from you. It's like, what, what's going on, bro? Like, what are you doing? Like, Stop. <laughs> and then eventually then you can, it just goes away a lot faster than it normally would. Cause really when you're trying to push something away, what you're doing is holding on to it. Wow. Hmm. That's a, that's a knowledge bomb right there. <laughs> that was, that was a good one. You actually, because you're keeping it in awareness. Right, exactly. I've heard somebody describe it as uh, when you complain about the the negative things happening in your life, you're giving them energy just because you're, you're keeping them in your present awareness. And I'm big on energy work. I feel like uh, that's where I started with my mentor back X amount of years ago when I first started my spiritual journey is... Uh, he was Christian, and so I kind of grafted into that fold of being specifically a Christian. But he had a good understanding of energy and uh, just feeling energy, allowing energy to move through you and different things like that. And I feel like that's crucial in understanding how awareness works because where awareness goes, energy follows. Uh, I recently heard the other day, how do you know that your hands are attached to your body if your eyes are closed without moving your hands? You just feel them, right? You'll just begin to have this, your awareness will move into your hands and you'll begin to feel this aliveness in your hands. And I feel like that's the same thing when you're trying to push something away, it's there. Like your awareness is that thing. Right. Better to just 
surrender to it, like you say. Right. And I mean, not even surrendering. I personally, I mean, <laughs> it is a bit, you have to get used to doing it. Like you're not going to be able to fully do it if you've never done it before. It does take some practice as everything does. But I've tried just running straight for it. And almost every single time, whatever negative emotion I don't want, it literally does run away from me. And then I'm just having fun laughing at myself that I was angry about something. You, I can tell. I, I didn't even have to ask. I could just tell that you were a, a psychonaut. You're someone who who jumps into these experiences. Just, just by the way that you explain things. Oh, a bad trip is coming? All right, let's come on. Bring it on. I'm ready for it. <laughs> That's sort of like mental kung fu. I used to know a guy back when I was working in sales. He did LSD all the time, like two, three tabs, just to go to normal occasions. And like, oh, you know, we just went out to the grocery store. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, it's fun to me to just see how bad it can get and still be normal. You know, he'll just be sitting around. That's exactly around just, what it is, honestly. Hey, right. Like, I was like, what are you talking? He's like, yeah, I just like to sit around with a glass of tea and have everybody doing stuff around me and they're like hey you all right yeah i'm fine and you know he'll just be <laughs> like the dog in the burning house like this is fine i'm, I'm happy with this i i sh- yes I've, I've definitely had experiences like that where i'm like at the park and like trees are saying words to me and stuff and moving around and dancing and i have sunglasses on and there's people just walking by and they're like hey hello i'm like hey what's up and they have no idea what's going on well you're you're in like hogwarts right now yeah exactly <laughs> So what's the craziest experience you've had? I would say, well, I have done DMT before. Oh. And some of that is, it's it's hard to remember because, almost because I don't want to. Like, Interesting. I want to be so deep in the present moment that I forget to even remember anything. And I think that state of being, like, completely letting go of the idea of, oh, I need to analyze everything that's going on so I can remember it and write it down and tell someone or even just remember it for myself. Just letting go of all of that and completely being in now is just that type of experience. You can't explain it because you don't remember it, but it does affect you in a greater way than you would if you're sitting there being aware, trying to be aware that you're aware that you're aware. If you just let go of the Mm -hmm. analyzing factor and just be and just exist, you realize that all that awareness is already running. You don't need to consciously think about it as much as you think you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I've had a lot of people tell me that, like, when I'm in the experience, or better yet, that it's an experience that's easily forgotten. Uh, It's like trying to hold on to a dream after you've woken up. And so I, I totally understand that. Uh do you know when you took DMT, whether it was like, did you blast it off somewhere or, you know, uh, you know, people like to say like, you have to have three hits or Terrence McKenna specifically. It's like, Oh, you know, you have to take, take that third hit, you know? Right. Uh, and then you blast off and you have the experience. Was it something like that? Well, I mean a little bit, I don't think I've had a full breakthrough before, mm-hmm. but I have mixed it with different things and I have chemist. completely gone to places like just left where I was like, a lot of the times I end up in an art gallery and the art itself is like geometry. It's impossible geometry. I, you can't explain it. It's like geometry. It's a circle 
within a square that is a circle and a square and it's moving but it's not a circle or a square and it's stuff like that that just you look you look at it and it's like i don't i don't understand this is impossible what i'm looking at but it is beautiful nonetheless maybe you're not supposed to understand maybe understanding is the filter that Mm. that kind of prevents us from truly experiencing like you said just being in that moment if you were in the moment and at the same time trying to observe you in the moment so that you could take notes or i have Mm -hmm. to remember this like different things like that it would pull you out of the moment right Uh, exactly yeah that's a it's it's interesting how that works like just for instance having to just like you said just give up on trying to remember trying to write something down for yourself or anyone else and just being there is the hard part because i mean i want to know i want to write it down and come back (laughs) you know that shaman in me i want to go and get things but as bruce lee said and i love bruce lee as well because he's just a a very mystical person he said uh i think it was in a movie he was training a uh like a student of his how to kick you know how to throw the proper kick and he was he, you know he continually was stopping it was like no no that's not right do it with feeling you know like do it do it stronger like do it like this and he's like not with anger with feeling you know put something into it and the student finally does the kick properly and bruce lee's like how did that feel to you and the student says well i think and he's like no don't think feel his thinking is like a finger pointing to the moon if you're focusing on the finger, you miss all the heavenly glory of the moon. Just feel it. You know, I feel like in our society, or large part the U.S. and like these other countries that, that have this very naturalistic worldview, is that we get caught up in the the thinking, the analysis, the the rudimentary, how is this exactly working? And then we miss the experience. Right. You know, that analytical brain. Exactly. And I think that is really the source of a lot of people's problems. And I don't think they realize it, that trying to figure everything out is what's creating the problem that you can't figure everything out. Because if you're trying to figure everything out, your brain basically says, okay, that's what we're doing. Your brain is just a computer, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you give it the task to figure everything out, even if your life is great, even if everything is fine, you will find things that need to be figured out on a further level. Yeah. It's like, God, I just don't know anything. Yeah, that's interesting. The the mind does work weird like that. It's very literal. Uh, Back a few few years ago now. Damn, it was really a few years ago. (laughs) Uh, A little bit ago, I was was on this, like, self-help, finance, rejuvenation kick, if you will, uh, you know, those type of books. Uh, and I, I ran into a book where uh, the guy was talking about, or, or not a book, it was like a video. The, this uh, gentleman was talking about the nature of the mind and how you can fill it with positive or negative things. And the mind is like a farm. It's like a, a garden, if you will, and that you can plant in it positivity and, and life, or you can plant in it poison. The mind doesn't care what you plant. It'll just produce it in abundance. And so he was stressing the importance of positive thinking uh, or just reordering your thoughts in such a way that they were positive as opposed to focusing on the negative. So I found that to be very life changing in that specific. Absolutely. Instance. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy how much that does affect it because it goes so deep. Like your mind truly does just create your reality. 
like when you're in a lower state, you that doesn't seem like it's possible that, oh, thinking positive can change all this. Exactly. Like there's no way that can happen, but it actually does. <laughs> like it actually does affect you on a deeper level than you even realize being positive and even forcing it, like forcing it allows it to be, allows it to your, for your mind to write it down as a note. And then when you write it down as a note, it's like, okay, it's there on the wall. Your mind doesn't believe it, but it's on the wall. And then eventually you look at it enough times and you're like, hmm. I mean, maybe, I could, possibly, but probably not. Probably I'd be that. happy, you know, I could, I could probably not, I don't know about that. <laughs> so how but, does this, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. But once you look at it enough times, then you realize that it can be a possibility and then it can be actually brought into re your reality. But that first step is lying to yourself, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like redoing the uh, existing programming. Right. Uh, this, I feel like, ties into manifestation. Like, what's your take on manifestation? How do you go about doing that? I think, I mean, we're, we're manifesting everything all the time. Mm. And I just remember, I've tried doing different things and trying all these different techniques and whatnot. But the simplest thing is just... I just remembered I was meditating and I wanted to experience just a little bit more money, like a tiny bit, not even a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was, I just went like this. I just thought about it. I saw it in my head and I let it go. And that is how you manifest things. It's just with confidence that you can actually do it. And once you realize that you can do it, it's like, bro, this is just a game. <laughs> like it's not even hard to do this. I'm telling All you people, needed to man. get that momentum going. Yeah. I feel like that's the hard part. The, the momentum. Is it, in some way it feels like the positive thought is there, like this is what I want, and then the negative thought will come in, and it's almost beat it back, and you've got to like play this balancing game between having more positive thoughts than negative, and like kind of trying to to weigh it out, is what I feel like. But yeah, it's it's a game, honestly. And just recently, I had this moment where I was like, I don't care about being someone, or achieving something, or doing something, or going somewhere. Because in this present moment, I have all things. Like, I don't even exist. There is just this present moment. There's just this doing, this awareness uh, existing right now. And that was so liberating and so free. I was like, I don't care how things turn out. I just know that I am still going to be in this present moment. And it is what it is. That, that like, whatever happens, happens sort of energy. Uh, and then the next day, I met some very peculiar individuals from the Middle East who practice magic. And they were like, hey, you know you do this, teach us this, and we'll teach you that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know, when you figure out that the game is a game, like the, you know, the universe is just, all of this is just the cosmic play, then the universe is like, ah, here's the cheat codes. Now you can start messing with things and exactly. you know, having a good time. <laughs> and it's just, it's just great to me. So specifically, I found your videos because of, your take on enlightenment uh it it kind of it melds with me perfectly i I'm, I'm on the same page uh it's just like the way you express it i feel like it's very eloquent very very good and it's just like it helps with understanding so as far as enlightenment goes what do you think enlightenment is well you have to understand that we can't really describe it with words because words are symbols and like you said, exactly, it's just the finger pointing. Uh -huh. But enlightenment truly is 
zooming out to the point that you fully realize and fully see that everything around you is actually you. Like I like this saying is the unenlightened see a mountain, the people on their way to enlightenment see that the mountain isn't real and the ones who are enlightened see a mountain. And basically the first one is you think you're your body, you think that you're your mind and you're in it and you see that is a mountain that is separate from me. And then once you kind of zoom out a little bit, you realize, well, I'm kind of just creating that mountain with my perception of it. So really it's not there. It wouldn't be there if I wasn't alive. Um, and then the last step is you understand that the mountain is you and there is absolutely no separation between you and the mountain. You are just perceiving, you're just looking in the mirror, basically. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's very good. Never heard that one. Adding it to my bag of tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, so enlightenment, you would say, is just an understanding that there is no separation from you. Obviously, it's it's more than that. It's like it's, you know, it's it's a, an experience in itself, and words don't do experiences justice. But it, it's, in essence, this idea that you are everything, and that there is no separation between you and other things. Uh, have you noticed that during your meditative practice, that quieting your mind is a uh, viable option for getting to that place of what would be called in, I believe it's Buddhism, Hinduism, they call it Samadhi, this place mm. of like, you know, oneness with all things. Right. I think it's unnecessary, honestly. It is definitely helpful, but you don't need to do it because I was having experiences where I would zoom out so much that I was just like, oh my God, my thoughts feel like they're literally outside of my body. <laughs> like I can see them so clearly that it's just like, I'm just watching this dude think about random stuff. And when that happens, your ego freaks out because that's what I was trying to do for a long time. I was obsessed with enlightenment and I thought it meant you have to kill your ego in order to get it. And so whenever I was experiencing things like that, where I was zoomed out enough, my ego would get scared and it'd be like, no, you need to it's stop like, doing this right now. This is bad. <laughs> and eventually it realized that it wasn't going to die just because I was zooming out enough. And I was able to truly see everything. And you can like, you can hear a bird chirp. And then you're not really the bird. You're not really you. You are the listening of the bird chirping and everything in between. It's, it's very difficult to explain. I but think I get you. But yeah. you, you see the truth of reality that you can't hold on to anything. It, your awareness is everything it's like the best way i can describe it is that you are in a dream and when you're in that dream you have localized consciousness right like you you are this dream character but also when you're dreaming the dream is your mind so really everything that you touch within the dream is still you you're creating it and our reality is no different you have localized consciousness i see out of these eyes but at the same time, everything that I touch is also me because I'm creating it. Me, not as in the ego, but me as in the higher consciousness, as in God, the thing that is creating everything. That, sir, is an excellent representation of it. I feel like like that's what I, I try to think about because I'm big on lucid dreaming and astral projection. And to me, those are just two of the same thing. 
as with a lot of what we're talking about, this non-dualistic way of looking at things. Uh, like, I am that. I am. Like, I am this. Like, I, I, I exist in all these things. It's interesting. Uh, because I feel as though waking up in a dream to the fact that you are dreaming is akin to what I experience different times of meditation in my waking life. Just this sense like, oh, wait, like you're just just waking up to this realization like, oh, all of this is plastic. Like this is just an experience I'm having. And it starts to pervade my awareness that this is just an experience. Very liberating. But uh, what would you say is your technique specifically? I'm a technique guy, even though I know Mm -hmm. that techniques are just, you know, a belief system that you think will get you to a certain place. What what is your meditation practice? How does it look for you? Usually I I get up and meditation is the first thing that I do. And I sit down and I try to just exist within that reality and I allow myself to whatever happens happens. If I'm thinking too much, I allow it to happen. If I'm not thinking at all, I allow it to happen. And really the biggest technique is radical trust that the universe will guide you. It's not a specific thing that you need to do, but rather an ideology that you carry with everything that you do. So just trusting that you don't need to search for everything. Everything will find you at the right time. And I felt that a lot in my journey. And this is probably one of the the difficulties is that you want to know everything and you feel like because you don't know everything that you're somehow inadequate in some way. And I've definitely felt that. And eventually I realized that that should, (laughs) that's going against everything because we're all here for specific reasons to help each other in different ways. If a scientist wanted to know everything about science, he was was (laughs) studying biology, but he also wanted to know stuff about rocket science and all these other things then he would be a really bad scientist (laughs) if he tried to know everything about science. But we all are in a specific category in life to help people in a different way and to have different effects on people. So when I finally realized that and accepted that, it was like, okay, I don't need to be trying to do all this stuff and learning all these. I don't need to know everything about spirituality or everything about life. I don't because I'm here for a reason that I'm, I like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like I like meditating and I like going deeper into the mind. And that is the specific thing that will help someone else go into their own thing and just let it continue going. It's there's never ending. It's not going to end, but we're just continue flowing with it. You know, but those are the best games though. The games that don't end, you know, yes. it, it has plenty of things to do. People are still right. playing Skyrim. <laughs> like they're still, I don't know how the game came out like 10 years ago. How are people still playing this game? But it's just like having having more to do. I don't, I don't know what it is, but my mind likes that. That's how I know I made this game somewhere far apart from this incarnation. Like I made this game so that I could continue playing it to some degree, uh, even when I know that it's a game. Um, so would you say that meditation specifically, uh, you said it's like, Again, it's much like meta. It's uh, much like psychedelics. It's like the act of letting go or the act of accepting whatever comes. Um, would you say that during your meditations you can reach a place similar in effect or perception of reality that's similar to, say, a shroom trip or some other psychedelic? 
Absolutely. And really, it's funny because when you go to that place, you can also go to that meditative place when you're on psychedelics. And you can see your mind doing all these crazy gymnastics and stuff, mm. but you can just watch it do its thing and not really get involved. You're like, this man's going crazy, and that's fine. <laughs> that's, but, like, uh, that's, that's crazy. Really, it's just about that letting go. And that letting go is it's, it's hard to explain because truly, if you're trying to let go, then that is a form of holding on because the very act of trying to do anything is, is creating something just like we were saying before, you're, you're holding on to that thing. But if you're not trying to not try, then you're effectively doing meditation, which is the act of not doing anything. (laughs) So (laughs) just the radical, not doing anything. Yes. So when you when you get to that place and you realize, oh, because I see a lot of people commenting, you're like, what is supposed to happen? Am I supposed to be doing something? Is there a beam of light that's going to come from my root all the way to my crown chakra and suddenly yeah. I will be floating in the air? And it's like, no. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can experience that if you want to, but that's not really the point. The point is just existing within right now. And when you are able to exist in right now you see oh this is this is really good yeah. like nothing's actually wrong this is pretty good i, I believe uh Eckhart Tolle had this i'm gonna be like stuck on his sayings now because they're <laughs> now that i've like finally run into his work but he was like when you start focusing on the present moment or you, or you just let the present moment happen you get these moments where all right you're aware of the body you're aware of the external things happening then you become aware of the internal like what's happening in your body, you begin to feel your awareness moving in your body. And then you start to have gratitude for the present moment. And I always thought that was interesting because like when I finally get to that place of like, I'm meditating. All right. I've been meditating for like 20 minutes and it's just been my thoughts running. Now let me just let whatever happens happens. Then it's like, this is good. Like the mind just unclutches. It just lets go. And I feel like that's the goal with a lot of these meditative practices Um, specifically. And this is this is an interesting thing that I ran into was the purpose of a guru. Uh, Alan Watts talks about this. Uh, He's like the guru is just supposed to confound and upset you enough mentally that you realize, all right, all this is nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Like his whole goal is to get you to the end of yourself so that you realize that you're all things. Um, and it was like, it's just a mind boggling concept to me, mm-hmm. but w- when you actually experience it, it's like, oh, I can't understand my way into enlightenment. I right. can't force my way into it. It's just a matter of letting it happen because enlightenment is what you are. You are already enlightened. You are all things already. And every step you take in pursuing enlightenment or pursuing advancement spiritually is pushing the end goal away from you so that you can make the game essentially um that was where i understood it's like okay that makes perfect sense i don't have to do anything i don't have to be anyone it's like i'm big on living a holistic life and understanding first and foremost that happiness 
uh, love, unconditional love, and like fulfillment is intrinsic. Like th these are all things that are already within you. Like you create all things. Like these things exist here right now, and the very act, like you say, of trying something, creates something to try to do, as opposed to just letting that happen. Uh, and to me, that's a lot of what enlightenment is. Is just waking up to the fact that everything is already the way it is. Right. It is just. It is simply a realization of what has always and will always be there. You're not really. You're not gaining anything. You're yeah. just realizing. You're like, oh, this has been here the whole time. It's like yeah. going on a journey for enlightenment is like me as a black person trying to become a black person. <laughs> like it, I'm gonna be struggling <laughs> a long time if yeah. I'm trying to be black. But all I have to do is look down at my hands and realize what is already true. Yeah, and I got hung up a lot on the. Uh, I like experiences. And I feel like a lot of people can kind of attest to that same thing. I like experiencing transcendental things. Like I've, I've had a lot of interesting experiences with like meeting entities and like astral projection is a, a whole thing in itself. And I, I find myself enjoying the experience. And I feel like myself included and a lot of people is that there are these expectations, like you said, that enlightenment is going to feel or be like something. It's going to be some radical experience of like light going from my root to my crown and I'm blasting off and going away. You know, it's that like, but I want there to be some experience. Right. And that's the thing is like, when I finally realized that enlightenment was actually extraordinarily ordinary and not some big thing that I finally got and trumpets were coming down. When I finally realized that, it wasn't disappointing. I thought it would be disappointing. The main thing was like, I am surprised that I'm not disappointed that I went this this long and it's just something I already had. Like, oh, it was the thing you had the whole time. It was your heart. It's exactly. Like, <laughs> but it, it wasn't disappointing. And that realization was what allowed me to actually let more love into my life and just enjoy what's happening. Because when you're able to see the perspective, you understand that what you literally are made out of is just love. Love isn't really what we tend to think of when we think about it in society. Like when you say love, you usually think about, oh, I love my child or, oh, I love my family. And love literally is like a block, a block of wood, a block of sand, whatever, just a block. And that creates reality. That's literally what it is. When you love someone, you are feeling that creation energy within you. And that is the pure energy that creates everything. And all love is, is just pure energy. That's why it feels so good because it is what everything is. Yeah. It's the essence of everything. I like that. The, the blocks of life the blocks of existence hmm. so uh, this is a really weird question but I, I keep feeling it like scratching the back of my mind to ask you where do you see your spiritual journey taking you uh, where do you see yourself in five years you know that old interview question <laughs> I don't normally ask yeah. but I feel like asking it here it's like what's your with what you know now Mm -hmm. with your understanding of the nature of reality what do you want to do in the future that is a very interesting question because the truth is 
I don't really want anything. And I am just going along with what's happening. But I do see one of two realities happening. Either one, I go in the woods and just bliss out for a long time. (laughs) Or two, I start actually like teaching people in the same way that Eckhart Tolle would or like Muji or Osho, things like that. I think that is a path that I do feel a pull to. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that like I'm feeling you wanting to do that. That that was always been an interesting thing. It's like, I, I feel people's desire for things, which I don't think is a strange thing. It's just like, uh, I mean, we're all one. So this desire kind of radiates from you. Uh, you do have a, a strong capacity to teach. I like that. I like that a lot about you. Thank you. Thank you. But indeed in the future i hope that you do teach if you bliss out that's cool too (laughs) i find myself wanting to do that i don't know why the desire is so strong to just like pick a spot in the middle of nowhere and just bliss out i don't know why it feels so strong but i think it's partially because your soul knows that that is just as helpful as like teaching people And that kind of goes to the idea that helping one person can help the entire world. Because if we are all one, then even just helping yourself really actually does have an effect on everyone. That's that law of one, man. The law of one. Very good. Very good. So how can I put this? Let's say you are, you know, in a meditative experience, right? Um, or better yet, let's say that you want to go and meditate. Is there anything you do external to those things, or you just wake up and get right into it? No tools, no this or that? Uh, Sometimes I do like to listen to frequencies and stuff, like uh, 963 hertz, things like that. But those are just usually tools to help quiet my mind if I feel like that's what I need to do and it's difficult at that time. Really, the best sauce is just silence. (laughs) to be honest like when you hear the silence it's like oh that's so nice and I think I guess if I could give any technique is jump into it head first like not even with your arms just go out with your head and because a lot of the the best experiences I've had with meditation were at the very beginning and I, it wasn't that I had to slowly get into a deeper state in order to start meditating. It was I sit down and I am immediately immersed in that state. And those were the always oh, that's the best time is when that happens. And it's almost like you aren't doing anything. It's just like this is what's going to happen. And if you try instead to try to get into a meditative state, then you're kind of letting go of that possibility that it can happen just like that. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get into the meditative state makes perfect sense because, again, you're trying, and so you're keeping it away from you so that you can continually try to get to it. Like you said, the mind is a computer, and it's a very literal computer. It's like, all right, I'm going to try to relax, and you'll be trying to relax the whole time. You know, (laughs) It's it's, it's silly, but that's how it works. Uh, What other advice would you say you have for uh, new meditators? people who are just starting on their spiritual journey, because there are a lot of people like that on my channel specifically uh, who are just beginning. I would say to let, well, let go of expectations, definitely, because that is 
again with the whole delusion thing mm -hmm. that is very important like that is extremely important to let go of your expectations but really you need to know you can't do it wrong <laughs> like we could say from our perspective what exactly it is from the perspective that we are at right now but if i was talking to my old self i don't think i would tell him oh you need to do it this way or that way it would, because if i did i wouldn't be able i wouldn't have been able to go through all of that all those cycles in order to get to the place i am right now so really, it's just a letting go that there is nothing wrong to do. And that is what a lot of people, a lot of beginners I've noticed is that they feel like, am I doing this right? I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't feel it. But really, it, you just have to understand. You have to have the, the trust within yourself that there is no way for you to do it wrong. If you have the desire to do it, the how does not matter. I see. That's big liberation right there big stress relief it's like oh I, it, anything will get me there it'll work like it's, it's there's no way i can mess up um uh, so what would you say then do you have a religious uh orientation or driving belief system that you follow not no not really i mean i i was born or raised rather christian and pretty early on probably like fifth grade i was like hmm <laughs> All this kind of sounds like bullshit. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so, something about this. Yeah. So I think it was really just the way that people were enveloped in it and not thinking about it that kind of put me off. Because Christianity in itself isn't bad at all. It's just people just accept it and don't think anything else. And other people are like, well, you better do this. You better do that. And I'm like, as a little kid, I'm like, why? why <laughs> like, none of you can explain yeah. further than my first why. So that, that's when always I finally, the place. Yes, when I finally realized that, it really, it put the seed in that I can be able to have any belief system. And truly, any belief system that I hold on to is probably incorrect. Because there is, it's just a belief. <laughs> like... Truly, the only thing that is true is that it is. You feel me? I do. So any belief that you add on to it is kind of just muddying the water. So it, it's helpful to have things to hold on to a little bit so you can explain things. But if you're not able to let go of anything, then that's when it becomes a problem. Mm. Mm, you get to attach to it. That right. non-attachment, yeah. It sounds like faith and belief are big to your I want to say belief system but it seems like a lot of what you uh what you talk about has to do with belief has to do with just trusting i feel like trust and belief are two of the same things like they, they go hand in hand like i believe that this is the outcome i'm also trusting that this is the outcome right yeah i mean and when you have that trust it's like <laughs> the trust that something will happen is the thing that actually lets it happen. And if you're like trying to figure out like, do I know enough to be able to trust myself? That feeling is the exact thing that proves that you aren't able to trust yourself. The trust itself creates the reality that you are trusting will happen. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it always, it's always interesting to me that all this stuff is just like, 
well, now you know. So yeah. <laughs> you can get over it. <laughs> it's like, man, I've been trying so long for this. Yeah, well, you didn't need to do that, but you did, so whatever. <laughs> There's no, no harm. Uh, so what do you believe about the afterlife? I think we definitely have reoccurring lives. Hmm. Like, I have memories of past lives and stuff like that. And a lot of them are, they come up at very specific times. It's like, oh, that's exactly why I feel this way for no reason. No reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but I think that when you leave this body, it is, you become one with everything. I think that it is, it is like you, you zoom out enough to realize the game that you're in. And I really think that the people who have certain beliefs and they're holding on to things just at the moment of death, they're just like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just wrong this whole time. Yeah, it was just like the game ends and you're like, Oh wait. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's God, right. They really got me those tricksters. <laughs> like I definitely remember as a kid and this is the power of children. Like kids know the truth more than they even know how to explain it. And I remember this idea that I had as a kid that was like, I am, what if this life is just me playing a video game of someone else's life? And I just thought about that so much. And I never told anyone because I thought, oh, this is just my imagination. It's fun. haha. But really, that's exactly what's going on. Like you're watching this life happen and you're holding the controller. Hmm. You're, holding, you're holding a controller, but you're watching a movie. <laughs> You think yeah. you're playing a video game, but really you're just watching a movie. It's just this thing is unfolding and it's going to go yeah. how it goes. I and you're pressing buttons and you're like, what's yeah. going on? Like a, like a little kid playing a game, you know, yeah. it's like you got to play with your brother. Here you go. You know, it's just controller's exactly. not plugged in. Uh, but you still have a great time, though. I, I used to think that a lot when I was a kid. Uh, and I was always perplexed by it, but I would be hit by these overwhelming waves of like, none of this is real. And I've lived a bunch of times before. Like, uh, not not saying this was the best way to go through life, but for instance, holidays and birthdays and different occasions, I would just be just like, I've done this before. I'm tired of doing this, you know? It's like this yeah. whole thing has happened. No, I feel exactly the same way. It is a bit of realizing the game everything is in, but not being able to tell other people that you realize that. Because you're a kid, you're young, and people are not going to be like, like oh, they're not going to, oh, just shut up, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but when you really see that, it's that's the acceptance itself, is realizing that you truly are everything, and everything is only happening in the present moment, you know? It happens sometimes. And I, <laughs> I, I wish I could put it into words, but it's like, to put it into words would be to distill it to some lesser form. It'd be to like water it down so that it was palatable. But even now, as you were saying that, just like this overwhelming sense of, I, I can't describe it. It's just like the, the relief of knowing that, that none of this is that serious, that it is just right. an experience. It's, it's just as serious and pressing as a dream. And the moment you wake up from a nightmare, you're like, oh, oh, gosh, I'm glad that's over. You know, that, you know, but while you're in the dream, it's like, and this is something I've been toying around with for a little bit lately, is I've been dreaming very specific other life sort of mm -hmm. dreams. 
like in my dream it's a normal day everything is whatever i'm a different person but like i'm just living through this dream and then when the dream ends i'm like oh that was a dream all right well you know and i but that's the thing it's like when you're in it it's the only reality you're aware of and the moment you get out of the dream the moment you wake up you're like oh right yeah i'm I'm out of that yeah that's that's over with i feel like obviously that's going to happen with this life right like once the death process is over and we're we're on the other side it's going to be like oh yeah that was a yeah it was just a really long persistent dream (laughs) that i was having (laughs) you know an inception our reality works in fractals and i think that's probably the reason why we have dreams it's like that's why trees look like our veins and planets look like our cells. It just zooms out. And I think it's possible that consciousness, what consciousness is, is just continually waking up for the dream and it never ends. Like you wake up from your dream that you have in this body and then you wake up and you're in the body and you're like, oh, that was a weird dream. And then you die in this body and you wake up and it's like, oh, that was a weird dream. And then it just, <laughs> it just keeps, keeps going, going forever. Uh, I have heard people say that, especially in the law of one. It's like, you know, you get to this next level this next dimension of reality and you learn this and then you move to the next level and then you learn that and then the next level and then you're on a whole another octave of experiences and it's just like it keeps going and part of me is like and it keeps going what's the point and the other part of is like oh it keeps going so there's nothing to worry about i can just enjoy this what's been the topic on your mind this is just a, a question for my own (laughs) <laughs> from my own curiosity like what have you been studying going through what's what does your life look like right now well honestly i have i've delved into a lot of the seeking the knowledge and seeing and trying to read as many books as possible and doing all that mm-hmm. but recently i've just been doing the exact opposite and i think going to different extremes It's just the way my mind works. Like you're either going to go 100% or not at all. And just understanding both perspectives has allowed me to gain a lot more perspective and to feel like I am living the lives of different people in this one life. And just not really trying to find any information or trying to really do anything, but just letting it go as it goes and like, letting synchronicities come. And if something points, Hey, you should go this way. Then I just go that way. Mm-hmm. And just letting it unfold has honestly been pretty fun and pretty lit. And I think trying to force yourself to gain the information, like we were talking about before, like forcing myself to be more spiritual right. is really what takes you out of becoming more spiritual. Yeah. So if you could put spirituality, if you could give it a definition, what would you say it was? Hmm. would say it's probably getting closer to understanding what you are and not even understanding spirituality is getting closer to being what you actually are that's a good one that's another one i'll put that in my my (laughs) coat for later (laughs) that's a really good one it's just getting closer to becoming who you are just being who you are just removing all the external stuff Truly, I mean, if we're getting to a technical level, you can't ever not be who you are, but it is all the illusions that makes you feel like you aren't. And that's why a lot of the masters are talking about 
letting go of everything you've learned and unlearning. And that's really what I'm doing right now. That is the process that I'm going through. Because if you're constantly putting information in, then it's going to be a lot harder to let go of other information because your brain is in information mode. But if you're just letting everything flow, it is a lot easier to forget things and to let go of things that should be forgotten and let go of that you don't really need to have on your backpack, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see that, and then I can see the opposite of if there's an experience, there has to be an experiencer. And, like, you want to seek. I haven't met anyone who doesn't want to seek or experience or know. And I feel like that's all a part of the process. That's all a part of the waking up. Like you said, you wouldn't go back to your younger self and say, hey, do it exactly like this and never, you know, experience that other stuff because that was part of the experience. (laughs) It's interesting how that works. Like I said, I like experiencing. I like waking up to the reality of things. And this specifically, this, what I'm experiencing right now is a fulfillment of my manifestations over the past year. Being able to just talk to people, on camera in a live stream about miscellaneous spiritual topics is like the fulfillment of what I want to do with my life. I enjoy this. <laughs> Hopefully in the future it'll be in person and it doesn't have to be over this. I'll have like a little studio to do it and you know, whatever. But to me, that's it. I, I enjoy that. Like this, I always have, you know, it started conversations in the car is where it started. Hey, that's the name. I got it. <laughs> I've been thinking of a name for a new series. I got it conversations in the car (laughs) but that's where it started for me like talking to my spiritual friends in the car parked in front of my house just talking about stuff um and then it slowly evolved into youtube and then tiktok and all these other things and tiktok is just a great place i've learned so much i've learned that i don't need to learn as much and that i can just accept the way things go from tiktok just moving right into it um so I, i feel like it's about that time to wrap up unless you had something pressing on your mind that you wanted to share with the audience. (laughs) I mean, just know that if you are seeking enlightenment, that you probably will actually find it. And there's nothing to actually find even in that. So that is the thing to confuse the hell out of the people seeking enlightenment. (laughs) A good guru, then. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So what are you working on now if you're working on a project or anything like that? Uh, Where can people find you uh, if they want more information about you? Uh, I have my Instagram, artist underscore Jones, J-O-N-Z-E. Same for my TikTok. On my Instagram, I make spiritual arts and poetry and whatnot, and I've been continuing that for several years. And on my TikTok, I'm just having a good time at this point, honestly. (laughs) Like, I'm just helping people go through their process and explaining that you really should just be able to let go and have have fun with life. Honestly. Honestly. Stop taking it so seriously, man. Chill out. <laughs> enjoy it. You take it so seriously, you can't enjoy it anymore. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, I usually just tell people to stick around so we can chat once the stream is over, just so we can clear things up. But, uh... Thank you guys so much for coming through. Uh, I appreciate you guys, as always, of course. Uh, 
And again, I love doing these talks. If you guys have anyone specifically you think should be on the podcast or anything like that, please let me know. Uh, I don't have any questions, I don't think. Let, let me let me just check before I before I speak too soon about not having questions, and then people tell me later that there are questions. Uh, no, no, we're good. Uh, someone's saying, or my wife actually, yeah, she said, she's saying, how do you know acid was just showing you the life you could have sober rather than thinking that it was the drug that made you happy? Uh, I guess the question is, how do you know that you can have the experience uh, of being as happy you are on the drug when you're not on the drug? Like, how do you know that that's a, a parallel? If you want to answer one last question before we. Well, really, it's just looking back at it, I could see that. And it is a bit of that understanding without understanding. Like, I can only know that I knew that when I'm looking back at it. But at the time, I had no clue what I was understanding, because it was too advanced. It wasn't in my, my box of what I thought was possible. So I just thought, oh, this is just what's happening, whatever is cool, I'm tripping. But really, I knew deep down what I was doing. So really, it's just, it's, a, it's being able to look at all of your life and understand it truly is all happening at the same time. And you're just pointing to it and pulling things from different places. And I've definitely been able to channel my future self in times where I am now, where I need something, where I need like some knowledge or something, a download. And you are able to do that. All you need to do is really believe that you can, and then you will be able to. Like, you can accelerate your growth so quickly if you just keep doing that. Like, I want to be myself tomorrow. Well, if I become myself tomorrow, then I can be myself a week ago or a week from now, right mm -hmm. now. So you can just continue to do that infinitely. Just allowing it to happen, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Well, now that the questions have been asked out of order, <laughs> that's going to do it for the Astromind Podcast, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please leave them in the comment section below. Um, I have been really busy lately, so I may not get to all of them, uh, but you can always email me. If you guys need any uh, help with uh, different spiritual practices, you just want some coaching, you want some counseling, different advice like that, uh, click the link in the description below. That's my link. That'll lead you to my site and all that. And uh, obviously, I'm still doing my astral projection hypnosis. So if you're someone who's interested in having that experience, I can help you have that experience. I've been doing this hypnosis thing for a little while now. And just hope you guys are doing well. If you need anything, it's there. Contact me. Uh, again, the uh, link for Jones is going to be in the description of this video. Uh, so if you guys want to see more of that, that link is there and it has all his stuff on it. Uh, blessings, love and light, namaste, and as always, never stop adventuring. Just to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> okay, I believe...